Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to yet again another episode of Chasing Banners. And this is a special episode we have today because this is episode number 24. This is the Mamba episode. Shout out to Kobe Bryant, RIP to one of the greatest. Um, me and Ryan are back here today to talk about some Celtics basketball. Since the last time we've talked, there have been a handful of games that uh, need to be talked about, um, some more than others. And that's exactly what me and Ryan are going to do today. But before we do that, let me introduce myself. My name is Dante Toro. You can follow me on Twitter at Dante on Deck, where you can basically just find quite literally anything you want to know about me. You can find my blog, my YouTube channel, podcasts, all that type of stuff, all types of Celtics NBA news coverage you can find on my Twitter. And just like every single week, I am blessed to be able to co-host this podcast with the one and only Ryan Sheehan. So Ryan, why don't you tell these beautiful people how you're doing today? I'm doing tremendous today. <laughs> tremendous. Love that. Love that energy, Ryan. Yes. Love it. I bring the energy every Monday to talk Celtics with Dante because I love it heat. so bring damn much. Shout out to all the Barstool people. Uh, Stu Finer bringing the heat every episode. Barstool Sportsbook. <laughs> That's what we bring the heat every episode. That's right. Let's go. So I, you can find me at 401 Sheehan on Twitter. All things silliness, Celtics, Boston sports, whatever you want. I don't care. I'll tell it at the end of the episode. Let's get to it. Let's, let's just jump into <laughs> it. So since we last talked, the Celtics played against the Pacers. They played against the Grizzlies, and they played against the Pistons back-to-back. Uh, -back. So I'm going to start off by talking about this Pacers game. The game before they played the – the NBA is weird this year. I mean, it's not weird because it makes sense, but, like, with everything going on with COVID and, you know, scheduling and stuff, a lot of teams are playing um, – you know, they play series now. So it's like we play the Pacers back-to-back. -back, we play the Pistons back-to-back. -back. It's going to be like this all year. So Celtics played the Pistons game one, lost by one point. That's when, you know, there was that mix-up at the defensive end, Robert Williams-Grant, Tatum missed the shot. So they come in with a chance to get revenge, and they win by five. But they won by five, but let me tell you, there were times that during the game where you just didn't think the Celtics were going to win. They were up by one point at halftime. All great. Close game. Just like any time they play against the Pacers, it's always close. It's like always within five points. Like that's just how these two teams play against each other. The Celtics go down by as much as 17 points in the third quarter. So this is just like another typical Celtics meltdown. They just blow the lead. I know it was a small lead, but they blew the lead, went down big, and then they just climbed back into it. In the fourth quarter, Tatum went off. He had 14 of his 27 points. In the fourth, he finished with 27, 11 rebounds, four assists, three steals. And most importantly, he went to the free throw line 10 times this game. That's what I want to see from Tatum. I want to see him being aggressive. He shot one for three from the three-point line. He didn't shoot much from three because it wasn't going in. So he didn't sell for threes. He didn't sell for long jumpers. He drove. He was aggressive, and it worked. Um, Jalen Brown continued to have a hot start to the season, put up 20 points, two rebounds, two assists, four steals, seven for 13 shooting, um, you know, efficient, just like Jalen Brown's been all year. Also went to the free throw line 10 times, missed five of them, but he was aggressive getting there. Smart had 17, five assists, also went to the free throw line 10 times. That's why I'm bringing up these three guys, because all game, these guys were aggressive. They weren't settling for jump shots. They were getting to the basket, finishing, getting contact, and, um, and you know, that helped them win the game. They missed 10 free throws. I'm going to complain about this every single time. I don't think, you know, free throws ultimately cost a team a game or anything like that, but when it's a close game like this and you're missing 10 free throws, which the Celtics did this game, it can be pretty frustrating. Fortunately enough, they won. There have been a few situations this year where they've missed a lot of free throws. And, it, you know, if they score, if they hit those free throws, they would have won the game. Um, 
but obviously that's not something you can uh, weigh your head over as far as like, that's why they lost. That's not why the, that's not why they lose games, but it's nice seeing that the Celtics were being more aggressive say, to get into the free throw line, but they still need to work on their free throws. So overall it was, you know, much needed win. I know that it was just their fourth game. They went two and two after this, um, but they stopped the onslaught of old Depot and Sabonis who had pretty good games against Boston. So it was a good team win for Boston. And the next game they played was against the Grizzlies and Ryan, I'm going to let you take that one away. Cause I know you have a lot to say about this one. Yeah. Dante, just to add to that Pacers game real quick. Um, just looking at their stats, the whole starting lineup from the Pacers, I mean, pretty damn well. Uh, yeah. You're fighting with Miles Turner at 16, Zabonis 14, TJ Warren 17, Brogdon 19, and then Oladipo 24. And then they've only used four guys off their bench. So, I mean, the, the Indiana Pacers, it doesn't seem like they go deep, but they are a very good, it, it appears, front eight that they got going on. They or just front match nine up. here. Front nine. They always so. match up super well with Boston. Like I said, like, I, I, I think I said this on the last episode we recorded about them, but, um, they're the last like 10 times they've played like seven out of the last 10 games. It's, it's uh, been w- uh, within five points, the final score. So it's like, these teams always match up so well. Um, I don't know why that is. Uh, maybe it's the coaching, whatever it may be, but um, yeah, the, the Pacers played a great game. The Boston Celtics just, they just had a better one. And, I, and thank God. I would have to say um, a reason why I think it's so close is because of, Sabonis and Turner. I think they really just Sabonis match up better a, with our bigs. Dude, Sabonis is a freaking stud. He's like, a problem. I mean, people – I remember when we were going into the whole, like, trading Hayward to pay, to the Indiana and doing the sign-and-trade for Turner. It's like, bro, I would have taken, sure, taken Sabonis over Turner. Are you kidding me? He's so much – like, Turner is good. Like, he's one of the best defenders in the league. He's averaging over four blocks a game. Or, or even – I think he's averaging over nearly five blocks a game. But, like, Sabonis just does – everything like defensively offensively he's one of the best passing big men if not the best to be quite honest with you um just like his dad yeah, and his yeah. dad was a legendary player so yeah it doesn't shock me that he's as good as he is but yeah i mean it's a bonus is much better than turner but he he always gives boston trouble huge huge sabonis fan i think he's great uh but to get into the memphis game here um celtics big win 126 107 over memphis uh, they themselves did not have their own two J's, that being Triple J, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. and John Morant. So we were able to have a nice game. And my boy, Jalen Brown, the man I've been saying needs to get the ball more, even at the end of games, put up 42 points. Yes, sir. 42 career yes, high. Let's sir. go, Mr. Brown. 42 points, five rebounds, four assists, and he went seven for 10 from three. Seven for 10. And that's the thing that people used to talk about was his three-point game. Oh, can't talk about it anymore because guess what? Jalen Brown is a shooter. He went 15 for 21 from the field. From the free throw line, uh, he went five for six, so he had a really good game from there. Just overall, Jalen Brown shut up the haters. He shut up all the people that said he, he should get traded to Houston for James Harden. Well, guess what? Can't trade him now. The guy just had a 40-plus point game. And – Considering it was against Memphis, I understand. Still, the guy put up 42 points in three quarters. Three can I, quarters. Can, can I add something really quick? Yes, you um, can. So people were just saying, like, I, I saw this a few things on Twitter. Like, people trying to downplay what Jalen Brown did. Like, oh, they were playing a bad Grizzlies team. No jaw, no Jaron Jackson. Okay, that's fine. If you want to talk about the team winning by as much as they did, I understand that. 
no one was going to stop John Moran or Jaron Jackson wasn't going to stop Jalen Brown from shooting no. 70% from the field that he wasn't going to, no one was going to stop him from shooting seven for 10 from three. If he shot like 15, I'm just throwing a number. If he shot like 15 for 35, let's say less than 50%. Sure. Okay. But like he was shooting lights out. Like there was no one that was going to stop him. No that stopping. Game. So it's like there, that's just a stupid excuse. Um, and, and people just try to downplay it. Like Harden had his big 40 point game. And everyone's like, Oh, like Boston doesn't want him. And then Jalen drops 42 and 29. It's just like, where's that energy? You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, exactly. Where is the energy? And guess what? Jalen Brown doesn't need the ball as much as James Harden to put up 42 points. Does he? Uh, nope. nope. Okay, nope. let's keep moving on to Memphis here. Uh, so Tatum didn't have 20, put up 16, 4, and 3. Uh, he shot 3 for 5 from 3. Uh, from the field, he went 50%, so 6 for 12. He had a great game. Uh, moving down the list here, Daniel Tice went 5 for 7. He had a great game from the field. Uh, he, he missed from 3, the one shot he had, but he's not really a shooter. Uh, he put up 12 points. He put up 2 assists, and he put up 5 rebounds. Uh, Jeff Teague bounced back a little bit. Uh, not really. I mean, he, he put it some points in with four. He had five rebounds and four assists. Uh, and then Marcus Smart, 14, two and four, two rebounds, four assists. Rob Williams, this is what I love to see from Rob Williams. He played great. And on the defensive end, he had four blocks. And this is what we've been waiting for for years, basically, at this point, for Rob Williams to finally get into rotation and be the um, – the defender at the rim. I'm sorry, was blanking there for a second. <laughs> this is what we've been waiting for. If he can continue to improve his game, Rob Williams is going to be a problem. Like this guy could average three blocks a game. He could. He's just his so long and he's so athletic. Are pretty good. What's that? His per thirty six numbers are elite. Yeah, I mean, the guy is great. I historically he has the highest field goal percentage. That's absurd. I know yes. it's like he doesn't shoot that much or score yes. that much, but still, like, it's so, still crazy efficient. He still historically is the highest field, field goal percentage. So, unbelievable. Uh, he, he had a good game on the defensive end. But other than that, everyone scored. Um, they had 17 steals, which was almost a franchise record, I believe. Um, Pritchard had a good game. Everyone played. That's what we like to see. One. We like to see the bench get cleared. We like to see everyone get some buckets. Um, not really much to get into. It's just Jalen Brown had a terrific, terrific game, yeah. and, and that was the big one because a lot of people just wanted him gone. A lot of people said his value has never been higher than now. Well, his value has oh. never been higher to keep him around, to be honest with you. So, and it keeps getting higher every game. So. Exactly. Good luck trying to ship Jalen Brown out. Good luck trying to find anything in his game that will make you really say, <laughs> I don't want him. Because at this point, if you haven't been watching the Celtics so far through this season – He's not tradable. He's not. Yep. And Jalen Brown he, has been the best Celtic all season. So there you go. Yeah, this was the Jalen Brown game. There are two things I wanted to point out, too. I mean, you're right. I mean, when Jalen Brown is brought up in trade talks and Danny Age is on the phone talking to teams and they bring up Jalen Jason, he hangs up. There's, there's just no – no way Danny Ainge is looking to trade Jalen Brown right now. And if he is, then God knows what it would be. But Jalen Brown is safe and sound. This was a Jalen Brown game, 42 points, 29 minutes. Two things I wanted to point out, Ryan, before we go on to the next game. Uh, Jason Tatum, like, just let Jalen Brown do his thing all game. Like, if you were watching them, Jason Tatum had the, the best plus minus all night. He had a plus 29. He was just on the court when Jalen, he was doing his thing. He saw the mismatches. He got out of Jalen's way. There were times where he literally would just watch Jalen. He would just literally, they were both in, uh, on one side, and he would just go around and just be like, all right, Brown, 
all you. And I love seeing that because it's just like, you know, you, you expect, at least before this year, you, you think Tatum's the one that's going to be having those games. You're thinking that he's going to be the one putting up 40. Brown's going to be, have, is going to be the one that, you know, you know, lets him do his thing, goes to the side, doesn't touch the ball. The fact that Jason Tatum, you know, it, it goes both ways. Jason Tatum lets Jalen do his thing. Jalen lets Jason do his thing. I just love that connection. I love the chemistry there. You you can tell they just love playing with They're each other. They're best friends at this point. They're best friends. I mean, it's just – it's a great feeling. So, just watching those two guys be out there, even even though Jason didn't have – like, he had 16 points on 6 for 12. He had a good game. Um, but, you know, he, he really let Jalen have his moment. So, that was really cool to see. And Peyton Pritchard, you talked to him a little bit. One thing that I noticed big about this game is that when they were blowing them out and they were giving guys garbage minutes, Peyton Pritchard wasn't out there. He is too good to be playing garbage time minutes. Like Brad Stevens sits him with the starters or like yeah. the quote, quote best players, right? Because you don't play the best players in games like that. He didn't play Peyton Pritchard at the end because he is not someone that you want to get hurt. He is not someone that you need out there in that time. Um, and that just shows how much Brad Stevens trusts uh, Pritchard and how much he actually likes him. And that is just incredible. Because that's just like as a rookie, like that you, you really don't see that. So I yeah, think that's don't. Pretty, that was pretty freaking cool too. Um, uh, real quick, Dante, yeah. before you move on, Jalen Brown is just showing why he deserves the ball more during games. And it yeah. shows why, you know, when I got mad that he was only shooting 13 times and that lost to Indiana, because Jalen Brown can do this. He's very capable of doing this, not against yeah. a team like this, but against star players. Watch out for Jalen Brown. Like, this this guy is going to be – he might be top 20 by the end of the season. He could <laughs> yeah, be top 20 you're, now. You're, you know what I mean? It, like, well, it, it is a dangerous future – for the NBA, if Jason Tatum allows Jalen Brown to now cook, what if yeah. Jalen Brown allows Jason Tatum to cook during, during knowing the game? knowing no that you have him. knowing that you have two guys on your team that could go off for forty points? Like, and let's be honest, if there was if that wasn't a blowout, Jalen Brown would have had fifty probably, or yeah. like pretty close yeah. to fifty. In three so like quarters, Dante. Knowing 42. that, <laughs> knowing that, like we have two guys that can do that, and you don't just have to rely on one guy to do that, is pretty freaking sick. And you're talking about being top twenty. I mean. I'm assuming ESPN, NBA.com is going to come out with their MVP leaderboards uh, soon. Jalen Brown is going to be right up there. I don't know. I think right now, you know, I think, yeah, I didn't really think of that much. um, But the way he's playing, he's definitely going to be up there too. So Jalen Brown is, I mean, he's starting the year off strong. If he keeps it up, then, God, I don't even want to think about how bright the future is. I know it's early, but the last season that ended, I wanted Jalen Brown to win most improved player because I truly mm-hmm. believed he you was didn't. most improved. You didn't. It's unbelievable to say this again. I had someone else for my most improved when we, when we had that uh, recent episode. I wish I picked Jalen Brown because I think Jalen Brown might win it this year. He couldn't. It's, it's really ridiculous. Could. It's he's, and that doesn't just show like, it's like going up two points or, improving his like rebound stats this is showing a guy for several years two seasons in a row he was in the most improved conversation last year he good chance he's in it this year that shows two major jumps right there Dante that shows that shows a lot of improvement in someone's game and he's twice he could be in it again this year yeah, unbelievable. A, last year, I know a lot of people wanted Tatum to win Most Improved too because of the jump he took, and that's I think that's going to be the same thing with Jalen this year. Just like, even though like statistically, like he's not. I mean, right now he's averaging seven more points than he did last year. But if you just look at his statistics, almost everything is a career high. Yeah, from shooting 
to points, to assists. And it's not even statistics. Like, you just watch him play. He hits big shots. He's hitting against, I'll get into it, against the Pistons last night. He hit this turnaround mid-range. He has, I think he's shooting the uh, the best from mid-range out of anyone in the NBA. I think he's shooting like 70-something percent. He has the most mid. points in the league right now. He mo- well, actually not anymore. He's second behind Beal because he jumped ahead of Beal and then Beal played last night. So, Beal oh. went. So, it's kind of like okay. going back and forth. It just depends on who's playing more games and whatever it is at this point. But, you're right. Jalen Brown at one point yesterday did lead the NBA in points. It's just he's more of a – like he has the ball in his hands more and he has the lowest turnover rate. He has the be- highest uh, assist, assist of his career. Like he's just all around just uh, uh, so much better than last year. And it's just crazy how, you know, he was – they only had three months off and he comes back looking like this. It's just like what the hell is this guy – what the hell has this guy been doing? But it's, it's amazing. It's amazing to see and – you such know, a hard worker. Now people shows. are like, who's better, Jalen Jason? You know, right now we're saying Jalen Brown's the best player in the Celtics, but honestly, who cares? Yeah. Who cares who's better? Yeah. They both show up in yeah, different both. ways. They both do their things. Why not both? When it's like that, that taco Why not commercial. Both? Why not both? Everyone goes crazy. <laughs> yeah. Why not both? We have something to celebrate, and that's we have Jalen Jason on our team. We don't have to celebrate just having one. But all right, let's go into the Pistons. Um, holy crap, did this game suck? Um, oh. Yeah, so I yeah, know right you after said, the forty-two point night, also. Yeah, right after the forty-two point night, um, the Celtics play uh, the winless Pistons at this point. They were without Blake Griffin, game. without Blake Griffin, who you can argue is their best player or notable player at least. Right, Which says a lot. Says a lot. Whatever. Um, and the Celtics just came out and they look like, excuse my language, but they look like absolute shit. Um, they were down twenty-three to five to start the game. Um, they had like eight turnovers in the first quarter. Um, oh. and they and they ended up being down by 15 at the end of the first. And, I can only and laugh at this. I know you didn't watch. I know you said you were working and stuff, so you didn't really get a chance to catch the game as much as I'm I did. So but happy Ryan, I let didn't. me tell you, if you watch this, you would have been so freaking annoyed. I would have smashed my. TV. It was one of these things where it's like I know it sounds like kind of like cliche, and it's kind of like oh whatever. But like I'm literally watching this, and I'm literally just asking myself like, what are they doing? Like, it's literally just like you ask yourself, like, what is it? They didn't show up to play basketball. The defense wasn't there. They, it just looked like they had no effort. Um, and they, they, you know, kept it, uh, they kept it interesting the rest of the game. The second quarter, it was a tie. It was 28-28, the score in the second. Um, they looked better in the second. But that first quarter, when they went down by so much, really hurt them. Um, third quarter comes around second half starts um they start going on a run they start getting back into it little by little uh tatum had 14 points in the third quarter um i think they got to within five points at the end of the third or within four points excuse me um entering the fourth they were only down by four um and at that point going into the fourth tatum and brown had 44 points on 20 for 26 shooting um they were doing their thing everyone else really you know wasn't doing a crazy amount. And like I said, the defense was just so lax days ago. Like they were putting up numbers, but the defense just all around looked terrible. Um, fourth quarter starts, Jalen Brown goes on a seven, nothing run and the Celtics are right back in it. They get the lead back and forth the entire uh, rest of the way. And all of a sudden this, this game is like the perfect definition of a roller coaster. Cause they started off so bad, like awful, so freaking bad. And then they started getting better, a little bit better than they looked good. And they looked okay, like, okay, like, we're going to win this game now. And then they looked like garbage again. Um, they missed their last 11 shots of the game. They uh, went 
Oh, keep didn't going. I'm score, sorry. Didn't score in the last four minutes. Yeah, that's um, what I was They gave up say. eight <laughs> offensive rebounds in the fourth quarter. People didn't talk about this as much. They gave up eight offensive rebounds in the fourth quarter. Um, five of those were to Plum, or four of those were Plumleys. Um, and Tristan Thompson couldn't box them out. The Pistons ended the game with 13 offensive rebounds and had eight in the fourth. It's not like the Pistons were getting the offensive rebounds and getting second-chance points, and that was, like, extending the lead. It was close the entire way. What was happening was they were getting the offensive rebounds, and they were taking possessions away from Boston. They couldn't get the ball. They needed buckets, and they couldn't get buckets because they couldn't get rebounds. Um, they were settling for jump shots. They, weren't, they stopped driving. This is typical Celtics. They get down. Things aren't working. They just settle for shots, and obviously they couldn't hit a single one. Both Tatum and Brown each missed a potential uh, game winner or at least a tie of the game. Tatum missed it in the corner. Um, Brown missed it at the top, not the top of the key, like towards the wing. It was kind of a fading three. Um, both missed it. And it was just, it was a garbage game. It, it was, the Celtics came back and I, I get that. They were down by 21 at one point. Um, if not more, maybe 21. I think it was 21 or 23. I think it was 21. 21. 21, um, they didn't deserve to win that game. Even if they came back and won that, I still would have been like, you know what? Like, sure, they won it on paper, but, like, they didn't win that game. Like, they didn't deserve it. They had no – they didn't deserve to be in the game late. They played like they, they played like garbage in the first quarter, and that's what screwed them. If they came out with any type of energy, just playing any sort of defense, and I don't know. We kind of talked about this before. Like, they tend to play down to their competition – and yes. they're not good enough to do that. Like, nope. I'm saying, like, if you're, like, a team like the Lakers or the Clippers or the Bucks, like, sure, like, you have that um, you have that privilege. You can do that. You can play down because you're some three of the best teams in the league. The Celtics aren't on that tier. They're not good enough to be, like, we can go into this game where they're missing their best player um, and missing whoever it may be and just not play as hard as they, they should. They – they just didn't play for the first 12 minutes. If they played like they did for the rest of the game, it would have been a different story, but they got to play with heart. They got to play with hustle. They got to hustle. They got to play with heart for 48 minutes, not 36. They got to play the entire way through. And, you know, it's a shame because I know it's early in the season, um, but these, these add up, these losses add up. And it's like, this is just a game you shouldn't lose. I know we kind of joked about it. Like there's always these types of games on the schedule where like, you're going to lose to a bad team when you should win. Like, and we've seen the NBA this year. I mean, there's been a ton of blowouts. There've been teams yeah. losing bad teams. Like that, that, that's what happens in the NBA. Short but it's just, season and everything. It's like annoying that. when like you can control it and the Celtics could have easily controlled this. Um, and, and they just let it get away from them. And that was that. So if you have anything to add in there, Ryan, I mean, you can. Oh, I do. This was just a crappy all-around game. That's really the best way to describe it. While you were talking about that, yep, I was looking at the Detroit Pistons stats. And let me tell you, I am absolutely disgusted. Dude, we, are, lost, we shot, we we shot lost this game. They shot 41. Like, we, like, it's so weird. Like, you look yes. at the numbers, you think that we would have won that game, but we just didn't. Like, I, my guy, Sadiq Bey here. Um, this is the guy actually I would have taken instead of Neesmith if we didn't take Neesmith because I, I just like Sadiq Bay a lot. Yep. But he was basically their best shooter. He was a stud against Shooting us. five for 11, five for eight from three. Yep. Um, and, and um, like their best player was Jeremy Grant with 24 points. He shot two for nine for three and nine for 24. Like, I really come on, man. And Derek Rose, Derek Rose, hold on real quick. Derek Rose. Shot seven for 12, all right? Not that bad. 
had 17 points. But why the hell is it that we're losing to a team when their best player is shooting 9 for 24, their next best player is a rookie, and their next best player is a washed-up Derrick Rose, and the fact that they don't even have their best player. Disgusting. This is embarrassing. Yeah. This is embarrassing. It was a, it was a very disgusting loss. And, embarrassing. Um, it just all around – you can bl- you can find a few things to blame here, but um, I have a, I have there's Jeez. one thing I'm gonna blame it's it on. It's a big this. learning game. I'm that's going for sure. to get into this after I talk about the next Pistons game because I want a little bit more time to jump into that. But um, let's just move on yeah, to the next move on. game, and then we'll get there. So the Celtics played the Pistons once again uh, last night, and again. Um, you know, the Celtics didn't go down. They didn't like, you know, go down by 21 or whatever, but they kept it close. They really kept it. Cl- I mean, listen, the Pistons are, they're not that great. They're one in five now, officially. They're one in, they, they, their one winner is against us. Of course. Um, but for some reason, even I, I didn't, I forgot to mention it the first game, the last game in this game, you know, you can blame it on the poor defense. There were times where it just didn't seem like they were missing shots at all. Like they were just like hitting crazy shots. They shot forty four percent from three, shot forty five percent, but they weren't too far behind. Um, this game, they went twenty two for twenty five from the free throw line, so that really helped them. Um, but overall, I mean, this was a Jays game. I mean, if we're just gonna be completely honest with you, yeah. um, Jason Tatum. Uh, well, Jason Tatum had twenty four points, twelve assists, which was a career high, eight rebounds, so nearly a triple double. And hit the game winner <laughs> over uh, Blake Griffin. Had Blake Griffin stumbling a little bit and then blocked him. People also – he had two blocks this game, Tatum. He had the block um, right before the game winner, and he had the strip on Blake uh, when he tried hitting that three. So Tatum not only came up huge on offense, he came up huge on defense. The, the last uh, strip against Blake Griffin, I'm not sure if you caught that last play, uh, Ryan, but it was very risky because he easily could have just hit him and it would have been called a shooting foul, but it was a great defensive play nonetheless. And Boston got the win, but how about this? Let's, let's, let's talk about Jalen Brown again, because Jalen Brown is just on another level this year. That's my God. 31 points. Not much else. He had three assists, one rebound, not much else. 13 for 16, five for eight from three. This guy is a literal, like, human torch right now like it's not even like let me i'm gonna look at i'm looking at his stats right now okay he is in his bag right now this guy is averaging um 28 points averaging 28 points uh 4.6 rebounds 3.1 assists shooting 60 percent from the field and shooting 42 and a half percent from three he is shooting 19 shots a game which is a career high by uh near a little over three shots and he's shooting his highest field goal percent by 11 or by uh, 12%, excuse me. To say that this guy is having a hot start to the year is just an absolute major understatement. And I still don't think that does it justice. Like he is in, he's playing like an MVP right now. Like it's, it's just, I know it's crazy to think about like Jalen Brown, right? Like it's not something you thought I'd thought I'd be saying right now, but we are. Jalen Brown is legitimately playing like an MVP right now. We we talked about this. Um, he he's him and Bradley Beal going back and forth. They're in the, that race of who's scoring the most points in the NBA. Jalen Brown was number one during his game, and then Bradley Beal played, so he's number one again. Jalen Brown is just on another level right now, and this is exactly what this is so weird because last year going into the season we expected Jace Tatum to have an all-star year and he blossomed into a potential superstar a potential top 10 player 
And that's when Kemba Walker got hurt and Tam started going off. Here we are this year. We expect Jalen Brown to come and have an all-star season because he didn't make it last year. And, you know, with Kemba being out, he had more opportunity. He has taken the ball. He has taken the ball. He is sprinting into the end zone, running through the tunnel, and leaving the arena. Like, this guy is freaking just taking advantage of every opportunity given to him. Um, and just like he's, we thought he was going to be an all-star, right now we're thinking he's going to be all-NBA. We're thinking yep. of him as MVP candidate right at this very moment. So it's just like – it's crazy how first it was Jason. He had his time. He had his season where, you know, they both had their jumps last year, but Tatum obviously had the bigger one where in the sense where he was talked about more and he, you know, blossomed into a superstar. Now it's Jalen's turn. Now it's Jalen's turn to take that spotlight and be that player. And we talk about this. It's just like, we talk about who's the best player. Why does it matter? We got both of them. And both of these guys are turning, are, are just absolute studs turning into superstars right before our very eyes, like quite literally before our very eyes, we were watching these guys become superstars and it is just a pleasure to watch. Um, I can go into Thompson had 12 and 11 Tice had 15 and four smart had 17 and 10, which was Great awesome. Game. He had 10 assists. Great game. Um, and Sammy Ochele had 11 points, went three for six from three freaking love what I'm seeing from Semi. I've said all this stuff about him, but he is shutting me up this year, and I'm glad that yep. he is because I, I love what I'm seeing from him. Three um, for six that, from three. Three for six from three. This is why Grant Williams isn't playing, by the way, because Semi and Grant are very interchangeable. Um, you know, both guys you expect to give you something on defense, and you expect them both to kind of spread the floor and shoot. Um, Grant Williams kind of took Semi's minutes, like, you know, last year, and kind of just, uh, you know, just start this year. Does he get more attention? Because – Semi Ojale wouldn't consistently hit threes or he wouldn't consistently defend his guy. This year, this is a completely different Semi Ojale. He went three for six from three last night. That's not something Grant Williams is going to give you. So if Semi Ojale keeps playing like this, man, like give him 20 minutes a night. I'm fine with it. Hell, I mean, I'm going to get into it in a second, but throw him in the starting lineup too. Screw it. I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah. All yeah, for I it. I mean, I mean, but that's, those are my thoughts of the game. So you, you tell me what you think. Oh, well, all I got to say, Dante, is you're talking about Jalen Brown. And while you were talking about him there, I don't know if you saw my face, but I was just smiling the whole time because yep. for years I have defended Jalen Brown. Like since he was drafted, since draft night, this guy has gotten hate since draft night. He's never been given a chance by on draft many, night. many fans. Barely. This is why we took Jalen Brown. Like Jalen Brown, this is, this is why you don't give up on guys like him because it takes some years. It does. Like, you mm -hmm. can't just be – there's rookies that can, can't come in and make instant impacts. Jalen Brown, he needed to put some work in, and he has. And it's evident. And I know it's still early in the season. But wait until the end when I'm laughing in everyone's faces when Jalen Brown's all NBA. Because this guy has been listening. He's been watching. He has – he's aware. Like, he's aware it's not only people outside of Boston that – don't see his game and don't respect it. He understands he's got people to prove in Boston. This guy, I love him. I love Jalen Brown. I'm so happy I've been able to defend him so many years. I can't say I expected it all NBA Jalen Brown at this point. Realistically, I did not. But I expected him to show out at some point, and he finally is. And, it, and he's finally shutting people up. And he's finally showing why you cannot trade him and the reason why he's still with Jason. There's, this is it. This is the future, people. And Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, once they get to their prime, 
Oh my God! Watch out! Watch it's out! Like... Jalen Brown is putting up these numbers, and he is 24. Jason Tatum is putting up these numbers, and he is 22. I will not stop talking about this until it gets through people's head, because this is something that is not seen at all. Yep. At all, bro. Like, when do we see a duo this young put up these numbers? And yeah, there, it's just there, it's just awesome to see Dante. There were um, I I don't have the tweet in front of me, so I I really don't have the exact numbers. But I remember there was a tweet where it was like the top scoring duos in the NBA, and it was. Um, the Rockets, I'm pretty sure it's John Wall and Harden. I, I, it, was, it said Rockets, Nets, Celtics. So Rockets have two guys that are, are two of the best scorers, like top 15 scorers, whatever it is. Um, the Nets, uh, that's K- Kyrie and Katie. And then the Celtics with Jalen and Jason. And they're younger by five years compared to the next oldest group. Like, why would you split that up? You have two guys, a 24-year-old and a 22-year-old, Fuck putting up sense. at least 24, 25 points a night each. Why the hell do you want to split that up? There is no reason to do and that. Got the team, dude. It's they're both they're both extended. They're both going to be locked up for what? How four more years at least? It's just like people are impatient. This is why Danny H doesn't listen to people. He he. If he could have, he could have probably traded Jalen Brown a handful of times over the last few years, but he didn't. Oh, for sure. He knows he knows how special Jalen Brown could be, and he sees the future. This guy is a freaking wizard. Like he just knows what's gonna happen. He was laughing when people were booing Jalen because he knew five years from then he'd be putting up twenty eight points a game to start the twenty twenty one season. Um, but it's just like I don't know. It's just one of those things where it's like you don't. I understand like the team isn't perfectly constructed right now, but you don't have to, you don't have to um, fix something that isn't broken. And Jalen and Jason aren't broken. There are things you have to fix around them. Sure. I'll give you that. But those two aren't that. That's not what you have to fix. Splitting them up. Isn't going to make the team better. That's not what puts you over the edge. You keep those guys together. If anything, you find a third to put next to them. And guess what? We have Kemba Walker and he's been hurt all year and he's going to continue to be hurt. And when he comes back, he is hopefully going to be back healthy and be that third guy because we signed Kemba Walker last offseason to be the first guy, the number one guy. Now he's the third guy. Um, yep. And it's just like at this point, all the Celtics and the Danny Age needs to focus on is building around Jalen and Jason. After that, you're good. You have your core, you have your centerpieces. Just build around it, compliment them. And that's all you have to and do. And he will. They'll take care of the rest. And he will. This, this year is going to be a little weird because of with injuries and Kemba Walker being out and, rookies all this stuff so this year might be a little different like this might be a little um uh what's the word i'm trying to think of like a uh experimental year kind of it's just like you know we have expectations we hope to make it to the finals we hope to you know win the finals but at the same time it's like you have to understand like we are missing our third best player we are missing a 20 point per game score like we we shouldn't be expecting the world but at the same time like Jalen and Jason are still good enough where they can surprise a lot of people and they can still take us to the next level. So um, I know I kind of went on a tangent right there, but that's just real quick. We're blessed. We're blessed to be uh, watching Jalen and Jason play together and our, on our favorite team. Just remembered this quote from Jalen Brown. He saw himself at the age of 22. This is his third NBA season winning five titles in six years. 
he also said that in front of uh what's her name taylor uh taylor yeah. whatever her name is yeah yes. i would i would say i'd win five I, championships i'd, I'd say 20 i'd say i'd say i'd break the scoring record by 28 if i if she was interviewing yeah me. you want a real pro you know jordan well i'm better than him <laughs> <laughs> you that michael jordan guy yeah i'm better yeah no michael so, jordan <laughs> So, hey, I mean, maybe Jalen wasn't too far off. Maybe he's just talking. Maybe he just got the ages mixed up. I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so that if was he that. Said that. If he said that now, it would have been sick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, that was – he said that at the wrong time with the whole Kemba the, – not Kemba, the Kyrie thing that disappoints. Yeah. Whatever. So, all right. So I those still the, respect it. I, oh, I love it. Like I said, I would have done the same thing. It's I, starting I to show. He, he's serious it. about it. <laughs> So those are the four games. Those are the games that we went over um, that we that happened from the last time we recorded. We play um, the Raptors tonight, um, and that will be a very interesting game because the Raptors are, in my opinion, they're a tad bit um, overrated. Uh, they're, they're one in four right now. If I'm going to be honest with you, they lost their, I mean, second, third best player in Serge Ibaka. They didn't really get to replace him. They lost Marcus Saul. I mean, I know they brought in Aaron Baines, but like he can only do so much. Yeah. Um, their lineup set Pascal Siakam. People are starting to finally figure out all that he's a very one-dimensional player. And once you figure out how to stop him from scoring, it's easy. And that it just comes along with the rest of that Raptors team. If Van Vliet isn't doing anything, that team in my opinion, isn't really you can't, that great. You can't expect Kyle Lowry to backpack the whole team. You, you, you can't. You can't. And like I said, they they lost some major names in the offseason, and they just didn't really do well at um, filling in those gaps. But regardless, um, Celtics-Raptors, it's always going to be a interesting matchup. It's always going to be a game. Um, I'm, even though they're 1-4, and four, Celtics are 4-3, and three, I'm expecting it to be a close game. I'm expecting it to be a um, – what do you say, a bloodbath, uh, considering that the playoff series went to seven games. And I'm sure the Raptors have some unfinished business. I'm sure they had, there's no love loss there. I'm sure that, you know, they have some issue. They want to take out their aggression on the Celtics is what I'm trying to say. Um, so, you know, they could come out hot. They could be like the Pistons. The Pistons had no reason to come out hot or anything like that. And the Celtics weren't expecting it. The Raptors could come out super hot tonight with just, yeah. you know, vengeance on their mind. And Boston couldn't, can't, uh, might not be ready for it. Um, Smart might be out. Teague is out. Um, Javante Green is still out. Obviously, Kemba and Romeo are still out. So there's going to be a few injuries. If Marcus does not play tonight, Brian, Peyton Pritchard is going to have – if you had one shot, one opportunity, <laughs> yes, anything yes. you've ever wanted, <laughs> one moment, capture it or let it or, slip. Or would you let it slip? So I'm, Peyton Pritchard is going to have a massive opportunity tonight. And he's had my he's had Ryan's covering his eyes right now. I think he's tearing up a little bit. Yeah, I want to pat myself on the back. I, I know I'm a little funny guy. But like, this guy's you know. a comedian. He's not listen, a Celtics wait, Listen, if this Celtics stuff doesn't work out, maybe I'll be stand-up. I don't know. So Peyton Pritchard has had great opportunities all year coming off the bench and just proving his worth. And like we mentioned, like didn't play garbage minutes. Brad Stevens trusts him. Like he is just doing amazing things for this team, even as a rookie. Like if you look at the rookie statistics, he's up there for a lot of the rookie stats. Um, and I've been advocating for him to start um, because I've just been complaining about the lineup. And I think Peyton Pritchard in the starting lineup would just change the flow of a lot of things on offense. And hey, defense. speaking of flow. <laughs> You're on one. You're like goofy. You're, you're like high right now because you're just laughing so much. 
So, well, all right, eight, Peyton eight Pritchard, mile. Eight Mile, or P-Rabbit. I actually prefer, I prefer those nicknames over Fast PP because that's not professional. It sounds weird saying it. It's toilet humor. Um, it's weird when I type in PP on Twitter. So I like P-Rabbit more. Um, but Dark Pritchard's going to so have... Hilarious. Pritchard is... Thank you. Thank you. I wish more people said that about me. Pritchard is going to have a great game tonight because he is going to be given a ton of minutes, especially if Marcus is out. So, you know... With everyone being out, it's going to be harder beating a team like the Raptors. I know they said they're one in four, but like you know, rivalry thing. They're still they're still the Raptors, uh, especially with Marcus being out. Van Vliet could do his thing. Pritchard's going to have to step up. I think he'll have a good game, and I'm excited to see um, what he'll do tonight. So with <laughs> to focus <laughs> deep press, deep press. Yeah, yeah, to focus here. Edwards, we're going to see a lot of Edwards tonight. Him too. I would assume. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And would you think that Aaron Neesmith is going to get some minutes also? You'd hope. You'd yep. Hope. So I would hope to see Aaron Neesmith get in there. Might seem to Tremont also, um, just because if Marcus doesn't play and Teague's not in there, then your, real, your only real options are Pritchard and Carson, Carson Edwards and Tremont really. Waters. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's – it's one and of those nothing, three guys. And off nothing, Javante Green isn't there either. And I know he doesn't really yeah. play the much, but like he would have helped with that depth oh. at the guard position for sure. So also another thing, we could see a lot of semi tonight or we could see a lot of Grant because you're talking about they're very interchangeable guys. Mm-hmm. One of those two guys is going to get a lot of minutes tonight. And Hoping it's to, be honest, to be honest with you, I hope it's semi because he's earned them. He's earned the minutes. That's the thing. It's not like he's been playing every single game that he's played. He's contributed something. He's done. He's made a positive impact on yes. the game for the team. It's like, and he, and there were a few games before where he didn't get any playing time. And it's just like, why the dude is yeah. doing great things this year. Just play him. Yeah. Semi, I, I, I want to see him at this point. Like I wasn't even saying this the first few years of his career. I want to see semi Ojale play. Yep. Like, I want to see, like, in games like this. I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued Yes, now. when we're Man. missing guys and we, get, we need guys to step up, I want to see if Semi Ojale can be that guy. Because mm-hmm. when it comes to playoff time, end of the season, anything like that, you're missing some guys, Semi Ojale could be someone that could step up. He hit, he hit three threes last night for Boston. It was like a, that Pistons game, they only won by two. Um, it was back and forth in the fourth, and he was hitting some big threes. So, like I said, I, I haven't been the biggest fan of him in the past, but he has proven me wrong, and I, I want to see him get good minutes. Right. So, before we get uh, before we end this episode, I want to ask – I just want to talk a little bit, just a quick – what have you noticed from the team this season? What do you think they have to improve on? And, you know, just your overall thoughts. I'm going to start with this because I've been itching to say this because I have, I've had the, I've could have brought it up a few times, but I haven't. (sighs) Ryan, you've had your time on this podcast where you've had your rants. You've, you've, you've had your moments where you go off King. It's time for me to go off. You ready? Go off King. Brad Stevens. Oh, okay. Yes. Brad Stevens is really starting to annoy me. Yes. He has been the Celtics head coach for, what is this, his eighth year, I think, or seventh year, seventh or eighth year, whatever it may be. Fifth long-tenured coach in the league. Whatever it is, up until this year, I really never said anything bad about him. Like, there's the little things, of course, you, 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 you get annoyed with and you pick it apart, but, like, nothing major. I, ha- I can confidently say to you, Ryan, right now, at this very moment, seven games in, that I hate Brad Stevens. I hate him. I, it, it, in fa- I can't it, argue that. It literally baffles me why he keeps settling with the same lineup, with the same rotations that don't work, 
Tyson Thompson, two center lineups. This isn't 2000. This isn't the 19. This isn't the 90s. This is 2021. You don't run two bigs anymore. If you do, it's because you're going, you're matching up against a team that might have a, a longer team, like the Bucks, maybe, because they have or the a long Lakers. ass lineup. Or the Lakers, sure. You don't do that consistently. This is before last night. The starting lineup has an offensive rating of 94.4. People that don't know like offensive rating numbers, that's terrible. That's awful. Defensive rating of 113.7. People that don't know what that is, that is awful. That is terrible. The lineup, the two-center lineup, Flat out does not work. Daniel Tice literally said after the, one of the games, I forget which, I don't know if it was against the Pacers. I think it was against the Pacers. He said, I don't feel comfortable playing the four. He goes, I prefer playing the five because that's where he's good at. Then when he played the, the five bed. last year, pick and roll. The guy can cut to the basket. He's perfect playing the five. When you have him playing the four next to Thompson, someone's got to spread the floor, and it's Tice. Tice, he's made one three since opening night. He's That's not, I can't even really blame him on that. He can't. It's not. Here's the thing, and, and uh, let me let me let me get into this. I, I have no issue with Daniel Tice. This isn't him. It, it's it's the position that Brad Stevens put. Brad Stevens is not putting his players in the position to be at their best. When you start Tyson, you're telling Tice to spread the floor. Tice isn't a catch and shoot player. He's not a three point specialist. That isn't his game. His game is what they're asking Thompson to do, which is pick and roll, running to the basket playing around the paint because Thompson can't spread the floor. That's what Tyson did last year because that's what he does. He can't spread the floor. He can hit a three every now and then, sure, once in a blue moon. Even if he's wide open, he's missing threes. It doesn't it, – like, I know the team has injuries and there's things going on, and I, I, I really try to give him the benefit of the doubt. But when you come out and you talk and someone asks you about the lineup and you said they've been too inconsistent to draw a conclusion, that's the problem! They're inconsistent. They're not good. How many games do you have to watch the same, the same thing happen for you to think, oh, wow, this isn't working? Another one. Don't start. To, they, he did we lost against That's the Pistons. That's how it is. We lost against the 0-4 and four Pistons with that lineup, and he starts the same exact guys the night, uh, two nights later. We won. Sure, we won. I get it. But, like, if you watch the game, and you cannot argue with me on this, you watch the game, how they start off, and you compare that to how they look – even at the end of the first, beginning of the second quarter, they look so much better. And the reason why is because they have different people in the lineups. They literally, Brad Stevens needs to figure out this rotation. He needs to, we talked, Semi Ojale, he started the game uh, off so hot, and then he went two straight games without playing. Why is that happening? Why are you benching guys that deserve minutes, but yet Grant Williams is playing late in the game against the Pacers and costing, and costing games? Him and Robert Williams had that mix-up, and it was all Grant's fault, really. He shouldn't be in the game there. There are times where he has players in the game, and it just doesn't make sense why. We talked about him against, um, uh, against the Pistons the first game when they were down 21. He put Carson Edwards in because he wanted to create a spark. Carson Edwards? The dude hasn't played well. This dude shot 31% from three last year. He can't do much. Like, you have options, and you settle with him. You could have given Nismith those minutes. Brad Stevens is legitimately getting on my nerves because he see, there's an issue. There's a big glaring issue with this team, and we know what it is, but he's not doing anything about it. Shit, please, just start – Anyone over Tice or Thompson. I don't care if you start Tice over Thompson. It's not like I prefer, I prefer Thompson because he's a better rebounder and such, and I think he's a better defender, whatever. 
But like either one, I'm fine with just one center. Put Semi in the starting lineup. I was just about put, to say. Put Grant. I know Grant hasn't been having a great. Year. Put Grant in the starting lineup because he's not going to take shots away from guys. He's, he'll help the flow of the offense. Whatever. Put in Pritchard into the starting lineup, please. I've been I've been asking this. Just start Pritchard, Smart, Jalen, Jason, and Thompson. Please, just one game, just mm-hmm. once. Just please. If it doesn't, if after five minutes they suck, take them out. Short, whatever. Put your original lineup back in. Just give these different lineups a chance. Try something new because he keeps doing the same thing over and over again, and it's ultimately costing Celtics games. They have three losses this year. Three losses this year. One of them. Um, was the Nets. They got blown out. And the they're next, doing bad. The, the next, they lost by one to the Pacers, and they lost by three to the Pistons. I mean, if we're being realistic, this team could be 6-1 and one right now. But it's just like little things, those rotations, that game against the Pacers, that rotation, that last mix-up against the Pistons, the starting lineup. The Pistons started Miles Plumlee, and then they had three forwards and a guard. Why the hell are we starting Tyson Thompson against uh, the team that's running super small? They killed us. They were hitting every shot. Tice can't go out and defend on the perimeter. He can't defend stretch fours. It just can't. Last night when Blake Griffin was playing, all this guy was doing was shooting threes, and he was open every time because Tice wouldn't get out on him. It just it hurts me. It hurts me. It pains me when I see that Celtics tweet saying, oh, starting lineup for the night, and it's the same five guys. Just change something up, Brad. I, I, he's a great X and nose coach. I like him. He's a smart guy, but he is awful with substitutions. He's awful with rotations and he can be awful with timeouts and challenges. Brad is going, I'm not trying to blame it on Brad. I'm really not, but like these coaching mistakes is going to end up costing the team a lot of games and it's going to hurt them in the long run. So Brad Stevens needs to figure it the hell out. Just try different things, make something work. And just go from there. I know it's still early, but like, please, just it's way too early for me to be to be do to to be stressing about this stuff, to be ranting. We're seven games, and I'm already ranting about Brad Stevens, who I've never said a bad word about for six, seven years. Yeah, just please, Brad, please do something different. Well, Dante, rant over. A, a lot of conversations I've had with friends and uh, uh, chats on Twitter, everything about the Celtics, all in agreement with you. Really are, truly are. Um, I am no psychology professional here but I think we got a case of insanity uh, and that is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a and different thinking result. It's, gonna, it's like, Brad you think, does he feel help. bad? Does he feel bad? Like I think by he's just Tyson off the bench? Does he, he have, might be is insane. He, is he, is he infatuated with Daniel Tyson? By definition, he's insane. He has to be, he has to be. It's like, I see him over there on the bench and I'm just like, what are you watching the same game as I am? Like, do you see that be. this lineup he can't be. Um, He's, like, on his iPad There's watching no highlights of a different game going on or something because he's not watching this game. We're not watching the same game because if we're watching the same game, he'd see the same things that I'm seeing, and what I'm seeing is terrible basketball. And yet he still throws that same lineup out there. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, oh, ooh, I think we got a case of insanity here. Ooh, he got, Seek he help. Got, he's got me reaching my – He got. oh, he's got me close to my breaking point, Ryan. I never get like this. I never get this emotion. No, you don't. Up. That's my job. We've known each other for a while. We've known each other for a while. I don't know how many times you've seen me get like this. This Brad is my Stevens, job. This is your job. Right now, I'm taking your job right now. <laughs> Brad Stevens, if you're listening, I don't know if you're a consistent Chasing Banners episode listener. I know we're 24 episodes in. Maybe you caught on halfway through or five episodes ago. I don't know. If you're listening to me, I know I'm just a small – I know I'm just a 22-year-old from a small town in Massachusetts. <laughs> but, Brad, for the love of God, for my own personal health and mental well-being and for the sake of 
Celtics fans all across the state of Massachusetts, around the country, around the world, please do something different and make it work because it is not working. It's not settling for it, and it pisses me off. Brad Stevens, this is your last chance. <laughs> I already said I hate you. I don't know how much worse it can get, but please, I don't want to hate you any more than I do now because I hate you a lot. I'm not laughing because I think it's funny. I'm laughing as a defense mechanism to prevent myself from freaking out. <laughs> Just laugh it off. What else can you do but laugh it off, right? I mean, it's hilarious. It's hilarious watching them go out and try to act like they'll be different than they were the game before. If they go out tonight against the Raptors and do the same thing, tell me that Daniel Tice is going to be on the perimeter. He's going to be able to stay in front of Pascal Siakam all game. Oh my God. Oh, I'm going to have the best night of my life. I'm going to be laughing all night. I'm gonna be laughing all night if Brad Stevens thinks that that's gonna work. I really am. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm gonna be drink. I'm gonna be drinking some water. I'm gonna be spitting it out because I'm gonna be laughing so hard <laughs> when I see his pack of Siakam just dunking all over tights and just getting right by him because that's what we'll see unless he changes it up. And I don't think he is. My point I want to talk about very similar <laughs> to very similar to yours actually, and it has to do with Brad Stevens in my opinion. But what I've seen so far this season. Jason Tatum needs to grow a pair of fucking balls. He does. I'm sorry for my language, but it for has to come old, out. For a 22-year-old, he yes. has to have a set of balls by now. He has to gr- like grab down there and firmly <laughs> grasp it and make sure you have them. Because yep. Jason Tatum, if he wants to be the player he's supposed to be, in games like Detroit, when you shouldn't be losing, in games like all right, the next game, for example – or the, the Indiana game, the Indiana game, perfect, the first one, where you took a 30-foot three. Situations like that, Jason Tatum needs to be a killer. I see it with Jalen Brown. I mm-hmm. see it. This is why I say Jalen Brown deserves the ball more, because he does have that mentality. Jason Tatum, if he wants to be this Kobe-esque player, you have to grow some balls. You have to drive the lane. You have to make contact. You have to have – the ability to take over a game when you want, not when it needs to be taken over. That's what superstars do. When you want. That's what superstars do. Jason Tatum needs that. And that is the one thing, Dante, you were talking about, like, when the season began or before it started, there's going to be a lot not to find in Jason Tatum's game that's a weakness. Yep. Right? There's not going to be a lot there that's a weakness. This is one thing that I'm concerned about is a weakness with him, a big weakness. He needs – Someone, right, to push him. And this is where I get to the Brad Stevens point. I don't think Brad Stevens is that guy. I don't think Brad Stevens is going to get Jason Tatum and get in his face and say, wake up, grow up, be the star player you're supposed to be. I don't, I don't, and I think that's a, he's not, he's not that type of coach. That's a issue I have with Brad Stevens. As good as he has, not currently at making basketball plays, making basketball decisions, again, not currently, he himself, Brad Stevens, needs to grow a pair of balls. All right? He yeah. does. He needs to get in Jason Tatum's face. He does. Because show emotion. Yes, show like you. Show, show like something. You, Nick Nurse does show this me too. Something. He, he talked about this in the playoffs. He goes, I'm out there competing just like my players. I'm going to give up my all. Yes. Nick Nurse is – freaking out there sweating bullets and stuff because he's so into it brad stevens ain't doing that no brad stevens ain't oh, give into me the nick game nurse. as much oh give me nick nurse with Jason it's not Tatum, it's just Brown. like <laughs> like a, a different brad, story i'm not like on the whole i'm not on the fire brad stevens train. i'm not that's either. not what i'm saying but what i'm saying is like 
either you fix it or the Celtics need to bring in an assistant that will be that guy. That like D'Antoni went to the Nets to help to, out Steve yeah, Nash. It, exactly. It's just you get get better better assistant coaches. I know Evan Turner, they brought him on, but Evan Turner really doesn't seem like the guy no. that will get in people's face either. That We need to have attitude. We need to have guys that – like I said earlier, Brad Kendrick Stevens. Kendrick Perkins. Even. Kendrick Perkins. <laughs> yeah, You're sure. Like, come on. Sure. Lay down, lay it down on him. Um, Brad Stevens just hasn't been putting in his players in the best position to win this year. He just hasn't. He hasn't. Lineup wise, you know, end of game decisions that shot against Indiana, that 34, that uh, three from Tatum. Brad Stevens, like, if he, I don't know what the play call was. I don't know what was said in the huddle, but if, if, if Stevens was like, here, take the ball, dribble out for eight seconds, shoot the shot, shame on him. Shame on him. He is not putting his players in the best position to succeed. And I know it's early, but if this continues to happen, it's going to become a habit. It's going to become a trend, and it's going to continue to hurt the Celtics. Yes, and Dante, and I think if it continues, and to be honest with you, if the guy doesn't even make it out of the second round of the playoffs this year, he will be on the hot seat. And it's not because Danny Ainge wants him on the hot seat, and he's noticed a lot wrong because really there's not – it's that – there needs to be a change because you've gone mm-hmm. to the Eastern Conference Finals three out of the past four years with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Okay? You should be able to figure it out at that point, even though Gordon Hayward wasn't playing, even though Kyrie Irving wasn't playing. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, obviously. Those are your guys to take you to the finals. At this point, if he doesn't do anything more than a second round, at least going to the Eastern Conference Finals, at least – I myself would want him on the hot seat. I would. It's, it's, and it's, it's not like, taken away because I love Brad Stevens, Dante. You know this. Mm-hmm. And I know you love Brad Stevens. But if it really gets to that point where it's just consistently just bad like this to start the season mm-hmm. and that extends all season, find we me know, putting him on the hot we seat. We know we have Jason and Jalen. We know how good they can be. And we know at this point that they're good enough to help lead a team to a to at least the finals, right? If right. Brad Stevens can't do anything with that, you know, it gets to a point where, you know, in some situations you got to choose one or the other. Do you, do, you, do you trade players? Do you blow up a team? Do you try to trade one of the two? Or do you get rid of the coach? In this, this sense, point, you, get, you get rid of the coach. If yep. that's what happens, because Jalen and Jason – Danny's like done a pretty good job. You dude. don't split them up. You don't split them up. You don't get rid of them. If something's going on, it, it, it starts with the coaching there. If Brad Stevens can't take this team over the hump, like I said, I know there's been injuries. I know he's had an unlucky few years with, you know, Hayward, Kyrie, Isaiah, even all that. I get it. But, like, you have what you have now. And if you're not putting them in a position to get as far as the finals or anything like that, then – you know, there's only so much you can handle and there's only so you can only be in that position for so long doing the same stuff. The thing is, Dante, I say this about putting him on the hot seat when I realistically know there's, I mean, he's the best option currently. He, he won't. Well, that's the thing. It's like, I don't want, uh, I guess, like I, I said, I don't want him fired. I'm just I'm not on the fire Brad continues. Stevens. It's just because like, you're right. Who else could we go out and get at this point? Like yeah. he is a great coach he's a great x's nose coach he, he knows is. how to draw plays and stuff like that but like i don't recently know. it hasn't shown recently it hasn't shown it, re- it hasn't but that's like what he's known for as a coach is just yes. being a high iq guy genius loves basketball but that just he hasn't been that so far this year hoping he can change it the day that he finally fixes the starting lineup and it might be a little different today because of all the injuries but like the second that he actually has his full roster and he changes the starting lineup and is done with the two centers, I will start to 
to not hate him as much. But as long as he keeps starting this lineup, I'm sorry. I, I can't I can't even look at him on my TV screen without being pissed off. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. that's just – that's my rant. Uh, that's what I think the Celtics need – or Brad Stevens needs to work on. Um, you know, it starts with that. If they can get that fixed up, I think they'll look a lot better than they have been to start the year. But mm-hmm. – that's all I have to say, Ryan. Do you have anything else to add in before we end this episode? Nope, that was really much. It. I think I think we uh, we got a lot of stuff covered today. It's kind of funny because every time we record, we say like, "Oh, let's try to keep it like you know thirty, forty five minutes, whatever." Like we'll keep it short, and then we just like get into it and we just go off and go on rants, and it's perfect. This was my opinion. This was my favorite episode. This I think this was the best episode we recorded. Uh, shout out Kobe Bryant's the Mamba episode. So we had to do it for him, but. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to yet again another episode of Chasing Banners. It's the 24th episode, one away from 25, a quarter to 100. Um, we thank everyone that listens to us every week, listens to our takes, our rants, our just us, our, us, our foolishness. Thank you for listening um, and all the support you give us. Uh, my name is Dante Toro. You can follow me on Twitter at Dante on Deck. Like I mentioned earlier, any Celtics NBA news, all that you can – you know, that's all I talk about. And you can find my blogs, my YouTube channel, my podcast, everything there. And Ryan, tell all these wonderful, beautiful people where they can, where they can find you on social media. You can find me at 401Sheehan, S-H-E-E-H-A-N, on Twitter. Uh, all things Celtics, Boston sports, basically. Just being silly on there. Um, I also have my own other own podcast called Sheehan's World. Uh, you can find that on Instagram at Sheehan's World Pod. And then also on the Twitter, it's Sheehan, Sheehan, no S at the end of it, Sheehan World Pod. And that's the Twitter for it. Um, I just put basically Celtics on there too. Talk Celtics, Boston Sports, anything I want. Great podcast. Um, if you take a listen to it, I appreciate you. So, yep, that's where Everyone you check it. out that pod. Everyone check out um, our other episodes for Chasing Banners, our previous 23 episodes. And like I said, thank you so much, guys, for checking in. We'll be back again next week. Hopefully, I mean, we'll have more games to talk about. Hopefully, it'll be mostly positive and i mm-hmm. won't be ranting about brad stevens as much but we'll see we, i can't see into the future so we'll see you in a week from now but thank you guys um like always stay safe stay healthy god bless and most importantly go celtics peace out guys go celtics